Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Eglap. Of course, it's me, Paolo. And today's episode is going to be quite interesting for two main reasons. First reason is the topic is something that I have probably zero knowledge about. Uh, so that's going to be a first on my end. Aside from last week's episode, second, it's with one of my best friends who I've been trying to convince to be here since season one, but I'm glad he has time now in season two. So it's going to be a fun discussion. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about IT security, what it means, um, what it means to people like us. Because, you know, I guess when you hear IT security, you think about companies, websites, you know, all, all of those things. But it's more about how does it affect, you know, individuals like us. So before I bring him in, I just want to introduce him a bit. So he's a cybersecurity professional with a degree in computer science, uh, certifications in cybersecurity, and six years of industry experience. And he is currently working as the shift lead in Equinix. So welcome to Iglap for the very first time, Prashant. Hey, Ash, or as I call him, Ash. <laughs> Hi, Aguas. Um, oh, sorry. Hi, Paolo. <laughs> oh, you can call me. I mean, I mean, man, we've been friends for more than a decade. So, you know, it's okay to call me that. But... Yeah, so just to clarify one thing, I, I was not invited on season one. You were. You never invited me for season I one. I did. Then you told me, I think you should invite Shai she, because of whatever, whatever. <laughs> all right, all right. That's I, I ended up inviting Shai and Pooja. Well, you, I think you invited me for something else before. You didn't invite me for IT security. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't, but still. Uh, but I'm glad that you're here. And, uh, you know, you have an awesome, very short intro. So thank you for that. It was very <laughs> short. But um, aside from that, you know, very professional short intro, why don't you say more fun stuff about you? Like, you know, like what you like doing nowadays, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I think with like almost everyone else, quarantine has made me a homebody, uh, if you will. So I guess I got more into... Honestly, I don't know what I got into. <laughs> like, I won't lie, the pandemic or the start of pandemic, you know, you're just going one day at a time. You're handling one concern at a time. And suddenly it's, oh, it's been two years. <laughs> um, one More than two years, actually. Yeah. But one big update, though, is I'm, I have a dog. Or technically, I'm co-parenting um, with Shai, my girlfriend. So... I guess I have a dog, <laughs> which is like a huge uh, achievement. Uh, you know, I never thought I would get a dog this early on, but I did. So, hi, Shy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that Shy's watching. And you know, same with me. I also have a, I have dogs as well. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You, you said that I didn't think I would get a dog this early. It's kind of like we're talking about human children, not like. For I mean, babies, but human children, the way we're talking, yeah. Right now. <laughs> honestly, even 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 as a, as a human baby or uh, you know, a puppy or something, the plans were different, man. For the pandemic, the plans were different, because you know, when you think about a dog or having a puppy, I you know, you know, you think about having a permanent place, you know, you stay somewhere or something, and Suddenly, it's oh, might as well. <laughs> so, that's a big update in my life. And fun fact, I quit my job 
uh, my, for my old company in March of 2020, <laughs> during the start of pandemic. I joined the new company, I think in April 2020, stayed there for three months and just went to Equinix. <laughs> so fun fact, yeah, I, I, I was that guy who stayed in a company for three months <laughs> and just left. I mean, I know people who stayed in a company for a month, man. Three months doesn't sound that bad. Well, you know, because in, in, in an IT field, three months is when you just started stepping up. It's just when you've learned the ropes, you're coming in hot, you're going to start taking on responsibilities. And that's when you drop. <laughs> and that's when you're like, I'm out of here. Yeah, it's like the there's a meme for that. The, the SpongeBob one, right? When he's standing up. Which one is this? Which one is this? The, the SpongeBob meme where he's like supposedly watching TV and he's like, I'm I'm ahead out of here. Then he stands oh, yeah, up. Well, yeah, all right, I'm ahead out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm ahead out. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know, fun fact to all our viewers and to our Spotify listeners tomorrow. Ash and I haven't really spoken like this in probably probably pre-pandemic was the last time. So that was like late 2019 or early. 2020 right like jan or feb or something yeah i think we've had a call here and there yeah but, but nothing not like very yeah you know, super deep and all but you know, I'm here. uh yeah well i mean you know your, your old job you were you know night shift in a way or graveyard shift I, I, think, I think i'm always gonna be like night shift or something to be but currently you're, you're back to normal right i mean i'm, I'm back to normal i'm back to normal working hours that's true but oh is it know, the type I, that it will shift on like it, it, it rotates hours. yeah yeah um, oh okay and i don't know it's it just part of the field Cybersecurity does not sleep so yeah. whether i say that hey while i'm in the philippines i do night shift because of us hours but even if i they don't have to worry about US hours. You know, you can get called into work anytime. You know, it's not like the hackers or malicious actors, they plan. They they have uh, like a work schedule of eight to five or something. Yeah, right. They, they don't they don't do that. They actually wait for the least uh secure time or like you know, they wait for the Friday late uh, evenings or something or late afternoon. Mm -hmm. They wait for the holidays. Um, as per industry trend, that that's when usually attacks occur. I mean, which so, makes sense uh, because you know people are on leave or their guards are a bit down. But okay, so like I'm just wondering for your like current job, because mm -hmm. you mentioned that you know it shifts, right? You could be mid shift, you could be day shift, you could be night graveyard or whatever. Is there like a certain position or ranking wherein it's like no, you're gonna stay as like a normal shift kind of guy or even if you're like super high up there, you can also still be night shift. Ah, uh, the thing is, if you get super high up, you're basically on call twenty four seven. You know, you really have to like tell people weeks in advance. Hey, I'm gonna go on a vacation from this day to this day. Please try not to bother me. <laughs> you know, that, that that's like the level of thing you get. But in cybersecurity, there is no like. Uh, I might get a permanent schedule once in a while, or if I ever depend on position, role, whatever. But that slot or time schedule will be, hey, okay, you're fixed for these hours, but you will be on call. You will be needed. You will. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good thing and a bad thing. So 
like recently, I've had a, a few times, actually in the past three or four weeks, that I don't have work on Saturday, Sunday, but something happened. And I'm, and, yeah, you know, like, and I'm like, I'm, log, I'm logging into my laptop or something. Yeah. Or on the occasion that I'm feeling very like, okay, this might not be too bad. Let me see if I can just do it via my phone. Let me just see if I can just tell the, you know, work with the team to be like, okay, can you guys do this? Can you guys do that? But nah, there it's it's a different industry because the concept of nine to five is out the door with cybersecurity, or I think in IT general. So yeah. Yeah, because you mentioned though, like you mentioned that maybe you could just simply do a call with the team and stuff like that. So I guess you're in that kind of position wherein you don't necessarily need to get your hands dirty unless if it's something, you know, maybe very serious. I mean, Whether I, I, something, I hope yeah. so. Um, I, I wish. Um, no, but I'm in like the, in the midpoint, if ever. Oh, you're, I, I think you're trying to define where I am in my field. Uh, yeah. It's on a corporate ladder, right? Yeah. So it's a different corporate ladder in my environment. Actually, in IT, you can be an engineer for your entire life. You know, oh, you might get you might get a word senior up in front of you or something, but the word engineer or the word analyst um, is not gonna reflect what your job role or your pay grade will be. To be honest. So it's it's a, it's a different industry, the IT industry. So, but just to clarify on that, what I am is a shift lead. That means, so I handle the morning shift, the morning shift in Philippines, and by handle I just oversee them basically. Like I'm still an analyst. Um, I should be getting my hands dirty because if you're not getting your hands dirty, you're. Mm, you're gonna what do you call that? You're not gonna know what's happening. You know, it's uh, yeah, sure. I look at the metrics. I'm the guy who looks at the metrics. The okay, it's reviewing and all that stuff. But if I don't get my hands dirty, I will not be able to improve or better myself. It's it's a very skill based industry. You know, like your skill can be management or leadership, but you, if you don't have technical skills there, you're not gonna last long. <laughs> Oh, that that's really <clears throat> crazy. So you know, you did take up computer science, right? And mm -hmm. when I know that was your course, I was wondering what the hell does Ash plan to be? Because <laughs> when you hear computer science, it sounds—I mean, it sounds alien to me in the sense that it's like you saying, "Oh, I'm taking engineering," but then you know, with engineering, there's like chemical, there's um, yeah. mechanical, there's a whole lot of engineering, right? And computer science for me is something like that. So when you took up computer science and university did you see yourself becoming part of the it security industry or no. were you looking for something else? oh no. no okay so what were you looking for um if i'm being honest my entire journey has been financially motivated <laughs> i mean uh, there's nothing wrong with that right yeah uh, so like early on i knew like i don't know where i got this from i, I can't remember i knew i had to go into something to do with computers or computer science based on the financial growth that there seems to be like people early on kept projecting computer science or computers is the new thing and i, I said okay well, i'm interested in that especially because you know 
as the nerdy kid in high school, I was like, I was into gaming. I was into video games and all that stuff. So, you know, when you're into those things, you download the cheats, the hacks online. Yeah. You know, you, you know you're back in the day, your PC will always get infected because you're downloading randomest stuff. From LimeWire or From, wherever. Yeah. Uh, I remember, you know, like the cheat engine was a big thing back in the day. So I'm not sure if ever you ever used cheat engine. So my my only gaming experience, I mean, I did play a few, you know, computer games or desktop games, if you will. But I was really more of a PS, PlayStation kind of guy. Uh, so I used Google, like, let's say cheat codes to Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Then uh, I remember like, like square, circle, up, down, left, right, L1, L2, L3 or whatever, right? No, but so like okay, so you would play a lot of um desktop. So games. online, so these these are these are online games. So in online games, there's no cheats, right? So you know you mean like the Ragnaroks and the Dota. You know, like you know, like when you go to online, yeah, online games, and you see some guy like having how the hell did you have million gold or something? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how are you not dying yet? You know, th- th- those things were. That's I guess that's how I entered into like somewhat into computers. Um, and obviously, like I said, financially motivated. And I, I and I guess I just followed the track, I followed the pathway, um, to where money is. I, I know it sounds funny, like I, I do have I'm uh, like a passion in cybersecurity, but um, I guess having, you know, coming from a background where uh, financial concerns were already part of me, even though I was young. Uh, so I took up computer science and I was like, okay, I don't even programmer. I got into computer science. I was like, I hate programming. Um, so I was like, okay, what's the next best thing? It was network engineering. So network engineering, that's like, think about the routers or, okay, if not, uh, let's say, you know how you set up your router in your house. Imagine trying to set up a router for your house and you have like a giant 10 story building house or whatever. Yeah. So you have one main entrance point for a router. Okay, so I gotta set up access points here. Should I have a backup router? So I have PLDT here, but PLDT is not reliable. Let me see if I can get Globe here and coming. You know, that's what network engineering is in a larger yeah. scale. Um, and that's what the trend really was going. And that's where, what my major was, network engineering. But I was fortunate enough that the major I took had cybersecurity as part of a minor role in it, right? So when I graduated, I realized Computer science or programmers, programming is saturated. Network engineering is starting to get start saturated also. Like I will literally see boot camps for people who have zero experience in uh, computers or computer science joining boot camps and you know transitioning into network engineering. And that's amazing. Actually, actually, actually to be honest, that's boot camps is where you learn the most sometimes. But it's getting saturated. Uh, cybersecurity, however, was the next big thing when I entered the job market. Like it was still kind of fresh, um, or rather fresh in the terms that it was just booming. Yeah. So I got into the, I got lucky. I got, I jumped on the wave, and um, five years, six years later, I'm still here. <laughs> like most of my decisions were really like, where do I go? Okay, I have this opportunity and I grab it. And you know, being fueled with being into computers from the very start, 
it just pushed me to be better, I guess. Yeah, that's that's the story on how I got into cybersecurity. And that's why you didn't know where I was gonna head where I was heading because neither did I. Also kinda didn't also (laughs) crazy like crazy this whole like actually it's it's true about the whole IT industry in terms of financial. Like, you know, if you are part of let's say IT security or those other aspects. You know, maybe you start out with let's say the normal amount of or you know, normal amount of salary, which is around twenty, I think, give or take. Then you could just jump higher and higher, higher, right? Yeah. Especially if you get a lot of those certifications. So I'm just curious, though. So you know, you you say it's all about financial. Why you decide to get into IT security, right? No, actually, mm-hmm. not really financial. It's just things lined up. Okay. So by the time I graduated, you know, or I was like learning, like I got introduced to cybersecurity. I, actually, to be honest, when I was learning about cybersecurity first, but um, what is a malware and all those things? I was like, this is too much for me. Like, will I be able to handle understanding malicious actors, uh, malware, that, the, all those new strains of malware that come out almost every week, you know? Um, I was interested, but I was scared of it. And it just so happened by the time I graduated, the opportunities, or at least uh, that were presented to me were network engineering or cybersecurity and cybersecurity seemed, I don't know, better for me. Like I, I, I saw myself, yeah, I, I think I can learn more here. I think I'm going to sit here more because like I said, network engineering, got, network engineering got saturated and, um, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Good thing because people were able to live into a, go into a better profession, earn more money, uh, bad thing was saturated. So, you know, there's the pay also got more stagnant and cybersecurity pay was just, you know, going up and up. So it just made sense. So I guess like, you know, I guess a lot of people and I am definitely one of them, I guess the concept of, you know, cybersecurity or IT security or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it all started out when you, you remember, like in the early two thousands, where you would spend like three thousand, four thousand pesos on an antivirus for your computer, like that once a year. It comes yeah. in like a giant box for like one CD. Uh, <laughs> what was the name of the famous brand where the box is always in like in a yellow box? Is it Norton antivirus? Yeah, Norton, right? Semantic, so, like, right? yeah, yeah, like crazy. That's like four thousand, five thousand pesos for you know once a year thing. Uh, would you know how much if it's still the same price until now or if they've lowered um it? things have gotten cheaper i can uh so i do subscribe to a paid version of uh nowadays they're not called antiviruses per se they're called like some variation of next gen antivirus or some variation of endpoint protection or system protection because the word antivirus has become a bit antiquated like um you know, it's it's not like saying. Uh, I, actually, I don't know analogy, but to be direct with you, antivirus have evolved a lot in the past few years. So right now, the pricing is actually for a pretty good setup for endpoint endpoint protection. Um, Two thousand pesos, you'll get like five, six licenses and some freebies here and there. But is that like a per month or per year? Per year, per year. 
Oh, that's really cheap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. compared um, to the Norton of the 5,000, 6,000 pesos or something for that CD. Yeah, and to be honest, a lot of people are not buying it anymore because of that. Uh, so first of all, in Windows, Microsoft Defender comes built in. Like it's not the best, it's not perfect. You're, you're still using the free version of it, but it does the job enough to protect you. You know, a lot of websites you access, uh, software you download, you're a bit more aware, you're a bit more knowledgeable. So you don't fall into the scams, the tricks and all those things. So, uh, oh my God, Gio. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, I don't so, want to read. I don't want to read that out for sorry, Spotify listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, um, no, I, I agree. I mean, I didn't even know I had a free um, antivirus or whatever you want to call it with, with yeah. Microsoft. But like, here's the thing. I guess because again, maybe because I'm not in the industry or whatever, right? But on a regular user like me, okay, and I'm just gonna give you like a good background so that you. You know, you don't need to think about many different variables. Um, I already download stuff in terms of, I mean, like illegally download. Like for one, the last time I downloaded anything was during LimeWire days. And that was like, what, <laughs> 20 years ago, give or take, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, not 15 years ago. I, I was using it in 2008. Okay, fine. So 13 years ago, such a big difference, <laughs> right? Um, but anyway... So I, you know, I just go to Facebook because of my work. Uh, I, I watch a lot of YouTube. Uh, I go to news websites, not fake news, but legitimate sourced news. I, I want not to make TikTok. that clear. <laughs> I want to make that clear. And, you know, when I get like funny stuff on my emails, I don't open them. You know, if I think that it's, you know, bad, I just delete it right away. Mm -hmm. So like for a normal guy like me who doesn't really go to any like, you know, um security risk websites or whatever you want to call it how much like on a scale of one to ten how much in danger am i in in terms of my cybersecurity? the biggest danger you have is honestly yourself okay um so nowadays chrome has built-in protection uh yeah. i'm guessing you use gmail gmail scans your emails in the first place yeah you know, i use it, everything it, google actually yeah so google has you protected to a certain level microsoft has you protected to a certain level your biggest risk is yourself so you get an unknown call uh you get an unknown text you get an email but it's not malicious it's not it doesn't have any you know links downloads or something but it's just a test if you're going to open it because you know how you can already there are ways to know if an email is open, right? I'm sure you have one of those email management softwares that you probably use one of your companies. Uh, maybe, but I mean, I'm going to be honest. All right. So, so you know, like how you get email, <laughs> email blasts of advertising, whether it's from your bank, from Lazada or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, they probably have a system set up. They will count how many emails were sent, how many emails sent were successful, how many successful emails sent had emails open, you know, all those things. So yeah. th there's a good chance that you just opening the email itself is already step one of the malicious actors process. 
you know, the next email they'll send you is going to be something along similar lines. They'll try to initiate a conversation or they'll try to uh, see what information you have on your email attached publicly. So your email is publicly attached to your Facebook, your Instagram, or to your alma mater or whatever, or your uh, one of the many breaches that went out that says, hey, this email address affiliated to Facebook, affiliated to this website yeah. that you're using. MySpace. Yeah. MySpace, yeah. <clears throat> they can make that information and craft specific emails for you and trick you. So one of the biggest safety issues is really you as a user. Um, to a certain degree, I'm kind of, it's obviously a lot of security professionals will argue with me on this. Uh, as a normal user, you're good in a certain level if you're not doing anything malicious, anything like pirating, uh, illegal stuff, accessing unknown websites and all those things. But you have to be careful on any email, text, call you receive. So that's pretty much it. Will I recommend you get the endpoint protection paid version? Yes, because nowadays they're so uh, affordable. They offer so much more than the basic, hey, something was downloaded, it's malicious as per uh, database data. It's not only that, it really does a bit of machine learning, a bit of understanding of where did this come from? Is it trying to connect somewhere, all those things. If you have those and some of those endpoint protections have bundled website monitoring, have bundled email protection sometimes, you know, those there are a lot of bundles. They're pretty good. I will suggest anyone who can afford to go for it, go for it. It's 2,000 to almost 3,000 pesos a year. You get six people, uh, six devices covered. So you can put one on your desktop or on your laptop. You can put one on your cell phone. You can give the other four to your friends, family, or anyone. And you can split the cost if you want because six licenses, 2,000 a year, it's like what? 500 300 like 400 per per year yeah. per person yeah but with that one actually i do have an experience uh <clears throat> so with my line of work uh the messaging app that we like to use is viber i guess you know it's a southeast asia thing probably you know viber whatsapp etc yeah. uh because i've been with this uh telco company i mean you know my my plan uh has been with this telco company for more than 10 years more than 10 years okay and you know the thing with Viber is, let's say for example, we're not friends, right? But I get your number from, let's say, Shai, right? And I say, yeah. and, I, and I just, and my Viber name, let's say, just says Paolo, right? Then I call you. Yeah. Then you see Paolo on it, right? And if there's yeah. a photo, you see the photo, etc., right? Even if I'm not your contact. Yeah. So this particular telco, uh, I, I was in the middle of my work. Then I got a call that I missed because I was in a meeting, so Viber couldn't connect it, right? But it said that this telco tried calling me because you know how banks right when you have credit cards they <clears throat> send you messages saying oh you know because of this sale that sale this brand yeah. whatever, you can get all these deals right yeah. so i was wondering who this who i was i was a bit surprised that the telco was calling me so i messaged and say um can you call me back in 10 minutes because i mm -hmm. thought oh maybe they don't want to do telephone calls anymore they, they want to yeah. do viber then suddenly this this person and i had a huge uh, feeling it was fake so i knew i wasn't going to really give whatever they're going to ask so this person one had an accent 
Because usually when it's the telcos or the company that calls you, it's a very neutral kind of accent, right? Like how we talk. Yeah. Right? I mean, you don't have like an American accent or whatever, but this person had an Asian accent. And was saying, oh, you know, congratulations, you want an iPhone and all these things. And uh, we're, we're going to text you a number right now and uh, tell me what the number is. And it wasn't the telco per se that texted me, but apparently this telco was partners with this, partnered with this other company. So let's say the telco's company A and the partner's te- company B. So company B texts me this um, one-time pin. Then he's like, oh, can you tell me? If you tell me this number, you'll get your iPhone. And I was like, you know what? Um, this is too good to be true. I'm going to call the telco's customer service first, ask them about this. And if I truly want, you know, I'll message it back. I'll message you, yeah. right? And like that. And the person's like, no, no, no. You have to tell me right now. You have to tell me right now. Sorry. But <laughs> or, you lose, you, or you lose it, right? You, yeah. you don't tell me now, you lose it. Exactly. And the dumb, the dumbass, uh, his, his mistake, I know it was a him. Because when he answered, or when he called me, so I answered the phone, his camera's open for one split second. <laughs> and when I saw that, I was like, yeah, this isn't the telco. They would never have a video call. Yeah. And, you know, I called the telco's customer service, and I explained to them everything that happened. And they're like, oh, thank you for, you know, reporting that. Actually, you've been getting a lot of calls because a lot of people have been scammed by this. Yeah, And I said, okay, you know, thank you for that. Uh, because apparently, according to them, if I did give that person my number, I would have been charged 500 pesos. And, you know, I told them, okay, good. Thank you for, you know, um, inst- being honest with me, right? Not not sweeping yeah. this under the rug. But could you just put, could you just monitor my account, make sure that they couldn't hack it? I mean, I, and I didn't give them the number. Right? I, I mean, man, when it comes to... Um, cybersecurity, I have no idea. I think it's like some sort of Matrix slash Dune slash Star Wars type of shit in terms of how advanced they are. Like maybe they just hear my voice and they could already hack everything. I mean, I, I'm not that aware, unfortunately. But, you know, good thing it didn't happen and stuff like that. But I'm just wondering, though, because, you know, when you hear cybersecurity, you think of just the Internet. Yeah. Right? Uh, your Facebooks, your emails, etc. But I see Viber as some sort of not exactly like that because one, how the hell did they get my number? I can tell you exactly where they got their number from. So how did they get their- there are multiple. Th- so first of all, even if you go to Facebook right now um, and you, you request your data, you request all the all your data from Facebook or from Google. When yeah. you get that data, you will be scared of how many that there are millions of companies who have your data for advertising purposes. And there are companies, there are apps, and all those things. There are third parties and all those things. If one of them gets breached, your data goes with it. Because just because you give your data data to Facebook doesn't mean that they'll keep it to themselves. They will sell it. And the ones they sell it to, whatever they want to do with it, they'll store it in a floppy disk, you know, for all they care, right? they probably get breached or some of them actually go the extra step. They create a company, they create an app, you know, um, and make you use it and get your information, you know? So that's one approach. The other approach is they just buy your data online. There have been what thousands, maybe millions of breaches from small time breaches, partial breaches, full time breaches, 
whether your breach happened all the way in 2015 and you got scammed in 2021, you never know. These, they buy your data for super cheap. Actually, they don't buy your data. They buy books of data and they'll just see what they can get. You know, they'll probably filter it out. Okay, I want to get all the people who have an active number in the Philippines, you know, let's see what, what we got. And you use Excel, right? You, you, you know how, you know, pivoting works and how correlation works. If I have your number and I buy a bulk of information, I just control F your number and I get all the associations with it. Okay. This is this email address. This is the name, you know, this is their password for Tumblr in 2018. Are they still using it? Let me try using that for their Netflix because people will probably use a Tumblr password from 2018 for their Netflix password because it's easy. You know, um, your data is available everywhere. In many cases, you have given it for free um, and people can easily get it. And if even if you're like, okay, I'm a hermit, I don't give my data, I don't use Facebook, I don't have Facebook, I don't use Gmail, because even Google has data, I don't use anything. As soon as you go out, as soon as you uh, uh, have any type of information on in, from, with any company, that's Miralco, that's Globe, they are vulnerable too. They will probably have a leak or a breach. And even if they don't, probably you're the one who's misusing your data. You probably have a credit card statement, a globe bill that you never received. It probably got stolen. I wonder what they can do with that. Maybe call you up and tell you, hi, Mr. Paolo B. Aguas, your account number in English, knows my name, knows my credit card number, knows my address. And then they're like, okay, we, don't, we need to verify if it's you. Uh, I'll send you an OTP. But by that time, they're already trying to use the applications of Netflix, video, whatever, to reset password, you know, then get access to your account. Yeah. So that, that's a big story. I'm sorry. That, that, I know that no. went a bit. No, not at all. And that, that, that's very insightful. But I guess my question is, this whole OTP thing, right? Mm -hmm. is, that like the great, is that like the greatest defensive play of all time? Like, do hackers, unless if I give the OTP, right? Mm -hmm. um, do they not have a chance to get that OTP from me unless if I tell them the OTP? Sorry, yeah, I don't know if my there, question there, makes there, there's sense. A, there's a, so, first of all, when you think of cybersecurity uh, for a normal person, think of scamming. They're <laughs> not doing, the majority of the people who are trying to scam you are not great hackers or something okay yeah. these are people who just are trying to scam you and they found ways around it and uh, that's basically it so as a normal person think of hackers as scammers and you will be more vigilant going back to your question about otp uh there are actually many ways to bypass that um and each are more unique complicated and such the easiest way is to fool the person. Just call them up, get their OTP. Like, hey, this is me and me. Send me the OTP. You'll do that. Like, even if you don't, you think you wasted their time. You didn't. You're just probably one of 100. Even if they get one person and they scam that person out of 50,000 pesos only, they still made their money uh, ROI already. Yeah. You know? So anyway. One of the most common ways to get your OTP without you being there 
is called the SIM swap scam or something. So basically they'll pretend to be you, go to any telco and be like, hey, my SIM is lost. I lost my SIM, I lost my phone. I need a new SIM with the same number. I'm like, okay. Then what they'll do is, okay, let me verify if it's really you. Then they come up with a fake ID. They come up with your the Globe Telecom bill they stole from you. They come up with the bank statement they stole from your in, uh, physical location, whatever, or however they got it. And they provide all of that stuff. Fake IDs, by the way, are very easy to get online, apparently. Anyway, then the telco gets all the information. They verify this, the person, the name, everything checks out. One final check they do is they call the SIM to verify, hey, uh, is someone answering? Because they don't want to just can't close the SIM and give you the SIM, right? And what they'll do is at the same time, they'll call you. They'll be like, hi. Uh, so the malicious actor will call you and be like, hey, so we're going through a maintenance or something, blah, blah, blah. They'll keep you on call for 30 minutes to one hour. They'll maybe even tell you, hey, uh, we're doing an upgrade. Please turn off your phone for one hour. And that's the time when they go to the Globe store or Philly store or whatever store and, be, and get the SIMs uh, changed. And before you know it, uh, your SIM card is with someone else. And OTP, which is supposed to protect you from accessing anything or someone else accessing, is now the reason that they can change password for all of your accounts. So it's, it's so like if, if a regular person like me gets this 2,000 peso protection thing, will I be protected from stuff no. like that? No. no. How, how, how will I be protected from something like that? Then? You have to educate yourself. That's simply it. Um, there is no defense against humanity's faults you know trusting someone uh you can be most the most vigilant person and they just caught you at the correct time when you were expecting a call from globe you know they caught you at the exact exact time when you were expecting a you you joined the raffle for an iphone giveaway and they called you at the exact same time you know it, it it's it's hard to protect yourself unless you're suspicious of everything so that's pretty much it. <laughs> Actually, you know, uh, just to add to to this, there's this Netflix show I saw, and it's like a five out of ten, honestly. It's called Clickbait. I'm not sure if you heard of it. I, yeah, I think I think I watched that. Yeah, which one is this? Can you remind me? Yeah, the one we're in. Uh, he's like a PT for a volleyball team. He was found. He goes missing, and the the sister, the family are trying to look for him, and. Later on, he was accused for sexual harassment. Then he was found dead and stuff like that. I mean, I didn't ruin the film, by the way. That was like episode four. So right. you know, no, no worries, no worries. Okay, so the the reason why I'm trying to relate it to here is one of the the points of the show was uh, apparently to one of the easiest ways to get people's data, like what you mentioned earlier, is to buy it off from other companies. But in this show. Yeah. Um, they made up a different dating website. So let's just call it Pinder. Um, mm -hmm. So they make they, they, they got this dating website in the show called Pinder. And the person wanted to get the data of the one of the victims who was dead, right? To open her account, 
I mean, you know, to, to access her account on Pinder. And apparently, um, you can buy the data from the company because apparently when you create an app or a dating app for that matter, you would want to already have users in there already. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways is to buy data from other companies. And apparently, it is part of the the terms and agreement when you sign up. And the person is saying you can buy a bulk of data for like $20, if not yeah. less, which I think is absolutely crazy because, you know, like in my profession as a marketer, when I do ads on Facebook or in Google, etc., I pay so much for these ads because of the data it has, and yet I could just simply go to, let's say, Pinder, say, hey, I want to buy your data for like 20 bucks. You know, so I think it's very crazy. And maybe that's why a lot of people do are wondering how hackers or scammers are so good. It's because of how cheap they these companies see our data as in that yeah. aspect. They, they make it so affordable. Uh, so wait. Uh, Shai does have a question. I forgot to mention to all our listeners and our viewers who are here live. Uh, if you have any questions, just comment them down below. So Shai asked, sorry, one second. Where can one go to look at ways on how to protect their data? So I guess aside from, you know, the whole, you know, paying for the, the package that you mentioned. Uh, and I guess aside from being vigilant, what else can people do? Or is there no other way um don't sign up for shit <laughs> do direct um so to what does one mean by don't sign up for shit? like what does that mean exactly so, um fun story so you know like when you sign up for anything whether it's a promo a giveaway um you know sign up here get a free lanyard you know sign up for this get a free and uh same thing with apps sign up for this app to use face swap for free oh i hate um, that thing. yeah hate all those things it. are collecting your data as much as you want to protect your data the best way to it to make sure to protect your data is don't give it uh every app that you have in your phone review it go to the settings look at the options on what it is like hide your profile photo from public hide your this hide this don't uh, do not allow permission to use your data for improving ads don't allow don't allow them to track you you know uncheck every option you can uncheck in any app you can you have to use because telling you not to use facebook viber whatsapp in this day and age is impossible impossible, right um that's how it goes but you can choose to go to Facebook, review the settings, review every option, and hide as much as you can, delete as much as you can, remove as much as you can, you know? Um, and same thing with when someone says, sign up for this and get the free stuff. Don't fall for that. Um, because your free, the free stuff is being paid by your data. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to, you know, like judge different uh uh, companies or whatever or establishments but there are many times you go into different places and you provide your cell phone number the very basically your cell phone number to, for them to contact you for a follow-up or you know promos or what, whatever it is right you just give them your cell phone number and to be honest they don't care about you 
they don't value your data. They will leave it be. And someone will eventually find that sheets of paper or database of your cell phone number from a small establishment or a store. It was a big establishment, but the people who were monitoring it didn't care about it. They'll use your number to send you email blasts or text blasts rather, sorry. You know, you, um, you, you'll notice there are times when you go outside, you give, you write your number in different facilities or whatever, you know, like login sheet or whatever. And suddenly you're getting messages from random stuff and you're like, I haven't gone anywhere, you know, that's one thing also. So yeah. Yeah. Because actually, you know, uh, I guess, you know, because we're millennials, right? You know, we're very young uh, generation. We kind of understand this in that aspect, right? Wherein, you know, when they say, don't give your OTP, don't reply to dubious messages or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of the older generation do. Because, like, I, before, I would like to order pizza a lot online. So there's just one pizza place that I always go to their website. I order it because I don't want to call, right? Because why would I call if I can just do it on my laptop? And probably once or twice a week, I get a text from them from promos and whatever. So yeah. I guess that that's what you're trying to say here. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So JP actually uh, has a question. And I'm surprised JP's here. So what are other foolproof ways to protect the data in my laptop? Already have a good firewall and establish security checks when I access sites. Actually, JP's job is one of those that if his laptop, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Well, it depends on what you want to protect and how you want to protect it uh, and how you know, secretive you are, you know? Um, but I, I'm guessing uh, this is just me assuming that the question here revolves around the simplest way, which is I have files on my laptop. How do I protect it? Um, and, and the thing here is you follow, um, I guess, the basics of it. So there's a, there's a thing called in cybersecurity. It's the fundamentals. The We call it that, what's that? The security triad or the three pillars of security. Um, it's confidentiality, integrity, availability. Uh, confidentiality is literally only the person uh, who should have access to it can access the data, right? So you keeping so that make uh, you know having simple checks such as if it's possible, don't leave your data open or available to anyone who can access, whether it's uploaded in a website or something or in a drive uh, online and you're giving it out to your friends to access it, don't do that. Simple, simple things. Or if you have it in an external hard drive, don't leave it around, you know, keep it confident, confidential, sorry. You know, integrity, make sure it's only you who can edit. So uh, there are many ways to protect on that also, which is uh, block it from anyone uh, who can modify it unless they provide their credentials. And obviously availability is, have backups. Um, the thing here is, there is no one silver bullet <laughs> to security. <laughs> if there was, I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. Um, 
asking how to protect your data is a very difficult question to answer unless you give me a specific scenario and what troubles you're facing or are expecting. Um, and because I'm, uh, these, these are the settings in normal situations, because if you were an enterprise or a company, I will give you proper solutions. I'll give you proper um, companies who will help protect your data. I'll give you uh, solutions setups on how to set them up, how to protect them. But on an individual level, asking to spend so much money is not feasible, right? So whenever someone asks me about this question, like how do I protect my data? How do I be safe? Um, the simplest thing I can, I can say is be vigilant, be smart about it. You know, um, personally, like me, I've transitioned away from remembering passwords to using a password manager. Uh, Password Manager helps me keep difficult passwords for different websites, different applications without having to remember them all. Um, this is the benefit. So if one of my accounts gets breached by any website, by anything or any anywhere, my other accounts are not affected. You know, these are the ones, uh, some of the simple things I do. Another simple thing I do is literally I try not to give my information where I don't have to. Uh, so if it's an app telling me I have to sign in via Facebook to use this uh, face swapping app, I'll be like, um, sometimes I, I, I go crazy with it by trying to like download it on my se secondary tablet, Android tablet. And I'm like, okay, you don't get anything from me. But here I'll do a fake sign up. I'll provide fake details, but I'll still use your service to do a face swap because mm. you know I'm still a millennial. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the simp that's the explanation I give. If you're a normal user, if you're obviously at a company or enterprise, there's a lot of things you can do. <laughs> so we so Mon actually has no question, but oh. he just wanted to say hi. Oh wow, that's that's my teammate and my batchmate. So yeah. So hi to you. Then JP says he was actually here from the start, and he has one last question, which is, um, are VPNs safe and secure? He's assuming that the paid ones are, but he's not so sure. So what's your take on VPNs? Um, which I've never used in my life, by the way. I still you should you should you definitely should use VPNs. I actually, they're very cheap. Uh, I, so I did my, uh, quote unquote research and it's a pretty basic one, you know, comparing and everything. I straight away from the popular VPNs, uh, that the ones you see in, you know, YouTube ads or Spain sponsorships, uh, usually I don't trust them because if you have to pay money for someone down, I'm kind of like judgy because i don't know like it, it just is just me but yeah vpns are secure you are definitely safer with a vpn than without a vpn um whatever vpn you have is better than no vpn at all definitely like even those ones being promoted in youtube and you know like push down your show to buy one they're better than nothing and what vpn really does is it does protect uh Protect your, protect your traffic, you know, in the simplest form or simplest definition is 
if you go, if you use, if you don't use a VPN, it's like you're walking down the street. If you use a VPN, uh, it's like you're in a car when going down the street. You're protected. People don't see who's inside the car. You know, uh, there's a layer of security and stuff. But if you just uh, walk, you're exposed. They know. Hey, that's Agua. Say hey, that's what are they doing? Oh, I see him going to this mall. What the hell? What's we, what's he doing there? That's basically the simplest form of explaining VPN. And you should definitely use it, especially if you're going to untrusted websites or you're in the middle of a very serious research or investigation setup. Like you're Googling this, you're accessing the website, you're downloading this. Turn on the VPN. It's a one-click setup. Turn it on. Like how much is a, like, I'm sure you have a brand in mind and no, and you can talk about it offline. But how much does a VPN cost? I assume it's a monthly thing or is it a year? The one I did, uh, one I have is I pay 2000 for two years. Okay. 2000 pesos for two years of subscription. I think it's 2000 something, but yeah, it, it adds up to that. For So for two years, I have VPN. Uh, aside from the benefits of, you know, accessing Netflix content from different countries. Uh, Which is always the selling point of all VPN. Right? Yeah, right. Um, it's, it's almost every VPN nowadays is one click setup. You know, as soon as you have it installed, turned on, you're good to go. And you, to be fun, to be, uh, direct with you, most of the times I use VPN, the server I choose is Philippines. <laughs> Cause like, so obviously the server, if it's further away from you, there's a bit more lag. Right. And obviously Philippines doesn't have the best internet speed. So. I choose Philippines as a server. So my data is encrypted and my traffic is encrypted. I'll be safe out there. But at the same time, I don't experience any lag at all. There's no lag on my end. And I don't get, you know, and when I go to google.com, it doesn't, you know, put me in google.com, that France or something, right? It doesn't, or Spain, it gives me all Spanish output or ads. It still gives me the Philippine stuff. I mean, so, if I do decide to do VPN, I'll probably put Tuvalu or something because of my subscribers from there. Very, very strange that I have um, viewers from Tuvalu who will probably see this tomorrow <laughs> since the uh, R's are kind of wacky in that sense. That's funny, yeah? that's nice. Yeah, but sure, maybe we can have a better discussion about VPNs in the future uh, because mm -hmm. I think it will be like a 10-hour episode if we really get into the nitty-gritty <laughs> of the importance of VPNs. So Wilbert Loy says, hi, Ash. Uh, oh my God, my teammate. Teammate, as well. teammate yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, hi. Uh, I love the support from your teammates. So, you know, so VPNs are important. Uh, you could choose basically any country in the world, right? In VPNs, or is it... Depend de depending on what the VPN provider has availability on. So the bigger the brand of the VPN, the they more. more or less have lots of servers around the world. Um, you get one of the smaller brands, they have limited servers around the world. But I mean, it's not like you only have like 10 countries to choose from, like more than that. It, de it depends, uh, which like your VPN, how many countries does it have? I think it has like 30 or something. Oh, so it can really just be that limited. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Cause there is, uh, first of all, it's going to be difficult to get ser uh, servers in certain countries. Okay. Geopolitical reasons, and they're not that famous or something, or they they don't they not many people have a reason to use VPN from that country. Uh, so they don't really need to put that. They'll just put the top ones, the ones you need. So 
the Americas, the Europe's, you know, all those things, uh, primary Asian countries and all those things. All right, so VPNs, um, antivirus, Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is another essential for you for you know good cybersecurity? Because the the, the way I understood um, VPNs, it's just really for Netflix. But then the way you make yeah. it come out, it's more on to protect where you're going. Because I guess the one thing a lot of people are a bit frustrated, which is basically my job, are the ads that you get, right? Yeah, Wherein, yeah. You know, let's say you visit a Lazada or a shop. Yeah. And I go to Ash's store there. You know, let's say there's an Ash flagship store or whatever. Then when I leave because I didn't purchase anything, maybe ten minutes from la- from now it'll be like, hey, didn't you enter my store? Why don't you you know buy stuff? Yeah, like yeah, like like you went to you're like just browsing casually for vacuum vacuum. You're like, hey, that's interesting vacuums. Wow. Suddenly you just get bombarded um, with vacuums. Yeah, while well, we're in that age, Ash, you know, uh, background on us, you know, we've known each other for quite some time <laughs> with party, beer pong, and cable car. Was that Thursdays or Wednesdays when you were working? One of those. Oh, one of those. And now his example is vacuums. Like we, we've got, hey. we've, we've come a long way, man. We've hey, those, those vacuums have been a good investment. Well, I'm sure they are, but you, you know, it's like that—that's our age right now, man. You, you know, vacuums and stuff. But anyway, uh, sorry. Give me one second. All right. Okay, so yeah, sorry for sorry for that long pause. But anyway, uh, so you know we're we're talking about these things, right? Uh, then you know this whole debate about your data, um, you know how it's being used and stuff. I mean, there are people saying that you know these companies should be paying us for our data because they get a lot of money from it. I thought about like you know the big companies, not those yeah, who just yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, What's yeah. your stand on that? Do, do you think that we should be being paid by the, these big companies who give our data for ads and stuff? That's a tough question. Depends on where which side you're coming from. To be honest, you know, uh, as a purely consumer side, you're like, I want the money. You're using my data, targeting me and using me to buy stuff. Let me get a per- percent of it. You know, percentage of it. But at the same time, you can argue that you are getting paid in different services. You're getting free email. You're getting free online storage, free chatting. You can chat from anyone to anywhere, connect with anyone, and you're getting for free. You also get the privilege of targeted ads. It's horrible. Like, hey, they're listening to me. But at the same time, you can argue that we are giving you the stuff you want or the stuff you need. Like... If you're looking for a vacuum, we'll recommend the perfect vacuum for you based on your usual monetary spend and how and where you are and what's available, you know? That could be a compensation of sorts. You can argue with that. But at the same time, uh, the way it's being done is because those companies who make use of your data, they're not just making use of data to sell stuff to you. They're making use of data to honestly understand you completely and sell your data you know that you as an individual person uh is so profiled so much that whatever company wants to sell whatever they want we just said hey here's a couple of thousand pesos i want to sell this to this 
to this type of people, make it make it happen. And they do it. So it's you know bit of both. Uh, personally, I believe that the companies, the giants who have our data, they should be more ethical, uh, more responsible, you know, with the data don't don't just use the people or the users you have as products or selling points, you know, treat them as humans, you know, treat, you know, maybe lose a couple of million of dollars that you're earning, but you're earning billions, lose a couple of million dollars and, you know, don't sell the data to this third parties, third parties, third party, you know, something like that, right? Um, have the profile for your setup because you want us to be engaged in your app. That makes sense, but don't give every data point to every business or sell it to them. You know, like just the the best middle point will really be the big company should be more ethical and understanding that the users are humans. No, I definitely agree with that. That's also my stance. We're in. You know, I don't necessarily need to be paid. If I do, awesome. If I don't, that's yeah. okay. But I guess that's the issue right now. We're in, you know, a lot of these giants aren't ethical with our data, like what you mentioned. And I guess, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah, I did. Remember when Varys said, and I'm just paraphrasing, where he said that, you know, the most valuable thing in all the land is not the gold or anything, but it's information. It's rumors or what you know. Yeah. And it, it really rings true until now because you have all of these things, right? With um, Facebook, with it, with what's happening there, with Cambridge Analytica, which was completely <laughs> disgusting, by the way, um, especially for, you know, how they decide to use that data to spread falsehoods about anything. You know, I mean, there's this one person who claims that his father is the greatest human being in the world, but... We all know that's not true, but because of Cambridge Analytica spreading um, lies to yeah. the masses, right? Who, for some reason, I guess here's the thing, though, and it's not exactly connected to cybersecurity, but people nowadays have a low attention span or low patience, for that matter, when it comes to things. And one of the things is, they, I mean, let's be honest, like maybe now we're a bit more um concentrated in terms of reading the terms and stuff of stuff you know what i mean like the terms and agreement of stuff but oh, back then we're like, but then back then we're like yeah we trust this company you know what i mean and uh, honestly the thing is even before it's not just a company it's they couldn't do much with our data before i mean they could do targeted ads but targeted have ads have evolved to a degree of machine learning to knowing what you're going to purchase next without you even knowing what you want next exactly you know? yeah so, it's like listening to conversation so i wouldn't be surprised if i get vacuum ads later on right you might actually get vacuum ads um just because your friends are buying it you talk to you talk to this friend recently so you might be interested in that you know it feels like they're listening but to a certain degree they're not listening they're just monitoring your data online or like behavior online yeah, it's kind of like the Amazon Alexa. That that's the name, right? The, the oh Amazon yeah, the... because apparently Alexa listens to what you say. 
I don't own one. My my girlfriend's mom owns one, and it's not because she's using it for whatever, but she's using it more on because she has this dog, right? Who um only keeps quiet when Disney music plays. And okay. for her, it's like I'm using my laptop for work. I can't, you know, turn it on and off Spotify. I mean, you know, there's a time when yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. need to concentrate, right? So she was gifted an Alexa, and I always hear shout, Alexa, you know, play, you know, whatever Disney yeah. song, right? Alexa, keep quiet. But there's a thing recently where it, apparently there are certain keywords like I want to buy, let's say, a vacuum. I want yeah. to eat tacos with ash. Then That's apparently true. Alexa gets this data and whatever I guess is on Amazon Prime or in Amazon, you know, you'll be hit by it, I guess, because of the algorithm and all these things. So I guess it's this episode was meant to be a bit more lighthearted in the sense that, <laughs> oh, you know, uh, cybersecurity for dummies 101. I even gave that the wrong title. I shouldn't have called it IT security. I should have called it cybersecurity, but, you know, but you know it's it's really in a dark place right now i mean your job is to you know to protect right in that sense you know for your company and all of these things yeah. and then and yet my job is to get the data and have <laughs> ads so it's pretty it's pretty ironic that we're having this episode uh but and, yeah and hey uh just yeah. to add to that our jobs didn't didn't exist before yeah our jobs didn't exist 10 years ago right like in- like maybe it was her degree about ads and creating manually and posting on a website or something, you know. But it didn't remember in the nineties when websites were like, bang! It, it was like, what the hell is this? You, you know, yeah. they, like you would only go to a website and it was probably just Yahoo because of homework or something. If you didn't, you know, if you were the rich kid or whatever, right? Or you would have those Yahoo Messenger groups for like again yeah. if you're a rich kid or whatever, right? For for schoolwork. And then nowadays it's like we have kids who whose homeworks are to create Facebook pages or Facebook groups or to post a photo and whoever gets the most likes gets the highest score, right? It's it's ridiculous. The point I can't even think about what's the future going to hold. Are we gonna have like a like a 3d version of facebook or a 4d version of facebook when let's say if ash posts a photo of you know one of his delicious food right i get to smell it or whatever or i mean you don't i mean i i i just can't imagine and when you have that kind of advancement the security needed is also going to be a lot it's going to need to evolve and these things i guess that's where i'm gonna ask my you know the last question for this uh what are and i mean for you you've been in the it or cybersecurity industry for like six seven years already uh what's the trend going on right now like what's what are the advancements that make you go like wow this is going to really help a lot of people or wow this kind of um hacking or whatever is really going to like topple a country or you know something like that Maybe top one, maybe top two things that made you go wow in a positive way, and top two wow things that made you like shit, we're screwed. Um, Let's go with the negative first because I want to end. Okay, yeah, negative, negative easier. Um, one of the biggest. Oh, shit, that's really bad if negatives easier. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are, because um, okay. when you're in a cybersecurity field, it's an IT field, you know, it's 
especially when you're the one protecting, you want to look at the bad things. You, you care about the bad things. So, you, you know, you can understand it better. And if it does occur, you can find ways to mitigate it. Anyway, um, I don't know if it's a trend, but one thing I've noticed is the biggest attacks or things that topple over businesses or breaches, you're the giant falls, if you will, are sometimes or most of the time just human error. Uh, by sorry, human error, human limitations. It's an email someone shouldn't have clicked. It's a you know text message someone shouldn't have opened and replied to. It's a uh, what do you call that? Uh, someone who shouldn't have replied to with a bank statement for this one. You know, it, it really is scamming that like you it's really the word by the way is social engineering or something uh similar to that uh in a virtual environment and it really is funny because you can be you can have the most advancements you can protect as much as you can you can have the best hacking tools and exploits available but sometimes it really are just the human clicks the, uh, that make it uh start everything like yeah obviously you need to make use of the exploit or whatever to really deal the blow if you will but you know the weakest part of any cybersecurity environment are the humans so it's scary like back in the day you know you're like oh no a virus will enter your pc if you just go to this website or if you're trying to download this and you don't know what it came from you're like you, you got viruses and malware and easiest way from whatever you did online but now you're protected from that so much that at the end of the day it's just on you as a human you know as a person and I don't, i'm not defending anyone but this is why when you get scammed uh from one of your banks and when you tell the bank hey i got my money stolen i didn't do this and tell you did you give them your otp you're like yeah it's your fault. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't really. I agree with you on that. Like, you know, the and that's why I'm I'm happy that some banks they always have those ads saying, you know, we will never ask for your OTP or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So scamming. What's the second one for you? Um. Well, not really negative. Let's move the move the positive. One thing I realized is. The security aspect uh, or the security tools or security measures available are tremendous, to be honest, uh, especially when you compare to just 10 years ago. Like I said, Windows Defender built in, Gmail having built in stuff, Google Chrome, your browser is also scanning everything you're downloading, by the way. You know? So, there are built-in protections from these companies from the get-go. They up, you, you have a, you have an iPhone. It up makes you update your phone like almost every month, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are security concerns. Your the company Apple is protecting you by giving you free updates on security. And honestly, it's a big thing because back in the day this was not true. You know, getting regular updates having yeah, multiple forms off, of, yeah. 
I mean, you did, you did, you did back by the way, you know, Microsoft patches and all those things. You did the uh, Windows updates in XP and so on. You did, but just layers to it now. Like your browser protects you, your uh, email application protects you, your software operating system protects you. You know, it's like uh, amazing. Uh, so that's a good positive thing I noticed. It's uh, you know, it's very rare you will see someone like a malicious actor devoting all their time, effort, and money crafting an exploit to attack you. You know, they'll just be like, what's available? And okay, what kind of scam can I do? Should I give them a call? Should I give them an email? You know, that, that's what it is. So, because they know if they did like all those sort of difficult things, there's a good chance at certain certain layer, whether it's uh, your operating system, your uh, antivirus, your browser, whatever, might detect something. It might detect something. Uh, but uh, if you just fool them and to make them ex execute the malicious application, easy, easy, easy. So, uh, yes, that's that's a good and a bad. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, thank you, Ash. I mean, this was this has been a very, honestly, insightful thing for me because... I think at times some of my questions you're like, yeah, Paolo's really a devoted lead already that he doesn't really know these things. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this has been a great episode. Um, and this is actually one of the few episodes where I haven't drank a single like drop of alcohol. And the oh. reason for that is it's eleven eleven later. I'm gonna do some overtime right. to not be um you know in the influence of alcohol but yeah thank you again so much I, I usually with my guests i tell them to plug in their socials but i obviously after this i wouldn't ask to do that but why don't you plug in one of our sponsors so why don't you plug in the business and all all right so <laughs> obviously uh my, my plug-in is gonna be spotting yeah right um, <laughs> no other. so guys um there's like a ongoing promo. Uh, just go to swagatph.com. Put on put the discount code stay safe because we still want you to be safe and get 20% off. So yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, for for our new viewers, Swagat has been a sponsor since season one. And hopefully for season three, which will be out next year, uh, you know, they'll still be there. But yeah, Swagat has excellent Indian food. So, you know, if you guys are craving and they do actually have party platters. I, I ordered last year the a party platter from them. You know, really great food, uh, all natural ingredients, all these things, really, really great. So thank you to Swaga. Thank you to Ash. Uh, before we go, I'd like to thank our other two sponsors. So Modern Fashion Pizza <laughs> and Derm Nature. So I hope you enjoy that soap, Ash. I'm not sure if you've gotten it already. Uh, I think I think it's outside right now. <laughs> okay. So. I, I hope I hope we, when you open it, you like it. Uh, it's something very simple. But yeah, thanks again, Ash, for being here. Iglap will be back next week. Our episode will be about um, about Filipino culture. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to give too much. But again, thank you again, Ash, for being here to all our viewers, our listeners on Spotify. Thank you again. I'll be back next week. Thanks again. Stay safe, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Thanks. Bye, everyone.